0: You are now listening to Raise the W, recorded at the School of Communication inside the Hickey Audio Lab on the beautiful campus of Western Michigan University. Come aboard and hear the people's stories and impact of Western Michigan University. Here's your host, Tim Tarantine. Hello everyone and welcome to Raise the W, the podcast where we celebrate Western Michigan University. I'm biased, but it's the best university in the land. And I am so happy today to have with me a professor here, in, in our philosophy area, his name is Fritz Alhoff. Hello, sir. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: All right. Now, Fritz, you teach in philosophy, and we're going to get to how you got there. But before that, let's go back to the beginning. Tell me about the neighborhood you grew up in.
1: I grew up in Arlington, Virginia, about a mile from the ah. Pentagon. My dad was in the Air Force. Wow. And so that's where he was stationed at Andrews Air Force Base. And so that's where I grew up. Just across the Potomac River. I could see the Washington Monument almost from my house, but but it was across the river in a different, well, it was in the district, not a different state. Yeah, so that's where it all started.
0: So you got started right there next to the Pentagon. How was it growing up in the nation's capital?
1: We didn't appreciate it. I mean, as kids, even though we lived just across the river, we hardly ever went into the city. We didn't go to the monuments. We didn't go to the museums. But one of the best things about growing up in Virginia is it it has tremendous public universities. Mm. And so I went to the College of William & Mary, which is the oldest public university in the country. Sure. Founded in
0: 1693.
1: 1693. 1693, only Harvard's older. And then we also have uh, the University of Virginia, which Thomas Jefferson founded after leaving William & Mary. So I think a lot of my commitment to public education started just growing up in a state that had these really old, really good Mm. public universities.
0: And And so did you tour those as a kid? Like, is that where you went and hung out?
1: My parents gave me two options for college, and those Mm. were the two options. They said I could go to William & Mary or UVA, and if I wanted to go out of state, I had to pay for it. So I respectfully declined the offer to leave Virginia, and I stayed there for my undergraduate studies.
0: So I'm guessing undergraduate had something to do with philosophy. Maybe not.
1: Uh, it did not. I was a, I was a physics major oh. uh, as an undergrad. Nice. And what I, drew
0: you to physics?
1: I thought it was hard, and I, I think I thought doing hard things was cool. <laughs> and I was not very good at yeah. physics, as yeah. it turned out. Uh-huh. That was not my, my strong suit. So sure. kind of late in my undergrad studies, I, I started taking philosophy classes. It was a liberal arts school where if you majored in a science, you had to take stuff in the humanities. I, I found that really annoying. Yep. I didn't want to. I wanted to take physics and math. I ended up in philosophy, and, I mean, it's a testament to the liberal arts model, right? I mean, that's what you end up doing right. for your career. So uh, in hindsight, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out.
0: So philosophy, it's one of those topics I think that people think they know, uh-huh. but I don't know that they know. Right. Uh, could you give the layman, uh, like myself, Yep. What is philosophy really about, and how, how has that study um, impacted you so? Because you, you are obviously passionate about it.
1: I am, and so I, think phlo- I don't think about philosophy as being defined by content areas. I think about philosophy mm. as being defined by critical thinking, analytical skills, clear communication, clear writing, and I think all those are, are fantastic in, in the department here at Western. A lot of our students... Are, are majors in other departments or colleges. And so we don't always get to keep a hold on those students for very long. Mm-hmm. They come take us for service classes and gen eds and that we can contribute to their, their critical thinking, their writing. Um, I think it's a great opportunity. So my, with, within philosophy, my field is ethics. And, and that's mm-hmm. what I get really excited about. Um, and, and, and in particular, I do applied ethics. So I get to look at contemporary moral problems. I get to think about war i get to think about drug pricing i get to think about all sorts of stuff like that i get to think about immigration so a lot of the hot button political issues really? that are ripped from the headlines that's the sort of stuff that we do over there or that some of us do over there and um it's and very what it, do you
0: do with it so let's talk on the issue of yep. immigration through a philosophy lens through a philosopher's lens in ethics yep what is the discussion about when it comes to immigration
1: well, so, I mean, under the current administration, we've got to think philosophers and other people, including lawyers, have to think critically about, for example, travel bans. I mean, is it, is it okay? Is it good policy, right, to, to bar people from a bunch of, let's just say, Muslim countries from immigrating into the United States? And what are the arguments for? What are the arguments against? And I think one thing that philosophy is really, when we're at our best, it's it's when we have an open mind, it's when we want to see what's the best argument on both sides. Hmm. So I think in philosophy, maybe unlike some other fields, uh, we tend not, or I tend not to go into discussions with much confidence that I know what the answers are. I always want to see what's the best version, what's the best argument for something, what's the best argument against something, um, you know, and then you got to put it together and, and see where you land. And so. That comes through a lot in our teaching. I think I think philosophy faculty, maybe more so than other disciplines, um, we tend not to broadcast our views. We don't tell our students what we think because um, we don't want to put our thumb on the scales. We don't want them to think they need to agree with us. Um, rather, we, I look at philosophy education, I think my colleagues do too, is put the issues on the table, give the students the, the tools to think through those issues critically um, mm. and reach their own conclusions. And you know if we can do that that's a great skill set they take with them once they leave the university and move on
0: and we hear from employers all the time right that uh, the critical thinking the problem solving the ability to listen to multiple reasonings yep and then make sound decisions is really a a booster that's right for success and a booster for a career length in a company or in any chosen field quite frankly those skill sets we know are very important. And so. one
1: thing that happened last mm. year, I don't know if you caught this, but during during the presidential debate, Senator Rubio said, I don't know why he said this, but he said we don't need more philosophers, we need more welders. Mm. And so it was an argument for vocational training. Yeah. And I couldn't have more respect for vocational training. I think it's critically important. Um, yeah. And I and, and I agree with Senator Rubio. We probably need more welders, but you know you don't get there by denigrating philosophy right i mean (laughs) and a lot of the fallout after that that conversation which you know was all over the philosophy blogs was looking at um, was looking at salaries of philosophers was looking at um, job satisfaction life you know welfare and we did great i mean that's that's so you might look at it and say well what's a professional philosopher do but i mean the answer is they do everything they work at banks right they work in publishing they go into politics and so whether you decide to pursue you know, a job in academia uh, or not, I mean, that's up to you, but philosophy's got a lot to offer beyond that sort of narrow career path.
0: Sure. I'm glad you, I'm glad you presented it in that way because I think there is a disconnect. I think sometimes philosophy uh, seems anti-action, right, or Uh anti the ability to make a decision because you're just kind of, but I didn't hear that from you. I heard that it's much more, uh, hard skills uh, disguised in soft skills, right, to the rest of the world because it, it is critical to have those critical thinking skills. It is ne- completely necessary to be able to solve problems in that way.
1: Right, and I think, know? I mean, some, some people who do philosophy, I mean, they, they take more of the, the ivory tower approach, but, I mean, I think especially those of us working in applied ethics – we do a lot of interdisciplinary work. We talk to a lot of people. Um, we write for newspapers. We, we do radio interviews. I mean, sure. there's a lot of stuff that um, that gives us a chance to get out into the community, talk and interact with people. And so uh, you're right. There is this perception out there about what philosophy is. And I, it's, it's, it's what some people do. But, yeah. I mean, certainly not what all of us do.
0: One of these days I would love to do a debate on this podcast right. on some kind of topic. Mm-hmm. And I would love to have a philosopher, like, do the response. Yep. That'd be fun. To listen to both and then give us the—that uh-huh. would be so fun to me. But yeah. anyways, I, I digress. Let's, let's get to another topic, which is your work outside of your classroom work and your research work. You, you have this passion. You teach. You do your research. But the reason I heard about you, mm-hmm. unfortunately, wasn't about your teaching. It was about the work you're doing around tax relief and tax help for people uh, in the community— and I just think that's amazing, that with all of the work you're doing in your research and teaching, somehow you've born a love for assisting people um, who need access to good tax help. Tell me about where that was born and what is it?
1: Yep, so, so I went to law school at the University of Michigan, uh, mm-hmm. good law school, and then afterwards, a lot of law graduates go and work for a judge for a year. Uh, you, you basically apply to the entire country, it's really selective. Um, <laughs> very competitive positions each one gets several hundred applications and then you just wait and you see who calls you if anybody yeah. calls you right and uh so my for my phone call came from area code 907 and i said i don't even know what that is yeah and the other rule is you never answer your phone because you don't want to be caught off guard so you let it go to voicemail you google the phone number probably before you listen to the voicemail you're so nervous so that's at anchorage alaska and i said what is anchorage, going on alaska? here anchorage alaska and it was from the incoming Chief Justice of the Alaska Supreme Court. And he offered me a year in Alaska to do legal research, work at a you know, pretty high level, uh, and have the opportunity to spend a year in Alaska. So I jumped on that. The university was really supportive. I got leave to go do it, um, both for my department, dean, provost, the whole way up. Great, great support. Um, spent the year out, out in Anchorage doing law. And, and got hooked up with this nonprofit that sends people out to rural Alaskan villages that are off the road system. You got to fly in on four seat planes then get on snow machines, head Gee. into the villages um, and, and do taxes for people that don't have the resources or the um, I mean, they're so isolated. Right. They can't just go to H&R Block. But I mean, a lot of them don't have the um, the knowledge of the system and, and how to navigate it. And so um, and so this program um provides volunteer tax preparers to go into these villages and do taxes for for these people and and every year the the, the group does about 7000 tax returns and it generates about 8 million dollars in tax returns that go back into rural Alaska. Wow. And so it's a great opportunity not only to help people that need help but also to you know contribute to this economic furnace that that drives the region.
0: I love the word you use, furnace. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so are you still doing that with that group? I am.
1: And so since I left Alaska and moved back to Michigan, I've gone out every year. I've taken um, uh, preparers from the from the business school. We've gotten generous support from, from them as well. And, um, yeah, and so we spend a week, a year. It's in February, which is the coldest time of the year. That's when we go. We go we because that's when the W-2s get mailed out. They show up February yeah. 1st taxes are due April 15th so you got to be there in that window that's just <laughs> it would be nice if it was June but that's just not how it goes Oof. so you know february my friends uh, are going to cancun and acapulco 80 90 degrees and i'm at 50 below 50 below
0: 50 what do they make those coats with
1: Uh, They make those coats with you stay inside most of the day. It's it's it's
0: hard to catch up. That's uh, ten minutes of sunshine, fifteen minutes or something crazy. That's
1: about that's about right. So you know you just you put on two three sweatshirts, you put on some coats, some sweatpants, some wool socks. You do the best you can. Everything
0: you said was plural.
1: That's right. You're layered up. Um, Wow. But it's uh it's fun.
0: What do you? I'm gonna get you out of here in a second. But what do you get from that? How does that? Make you feel, because to take Broncos out there and to do what you're doing, what do you get from that? What's the ROI for you?
1: We just love meeting these people that live in these in incredibly isolated circumstances. two 200, 200 to three hundred people is the size of most of these villages, and they're again off the road system. They don't have access to grocery stores, or I mean, any of the stuff that we're you know we're familiar with. So. Um, it's a great adventure but also you, know, you just see the joy man I mean they, you help these people with their taxes and they're just so grateful you know you feel like you're you're participating in a community you feel like you're helping <laughs> yeah. people and then you mentioned earlier employers it's it's a great opportunity for our for our business students um, to go out and do this trip and then when they start interviewing for jobs the, the employers take so much interest in this I mean it's a great story it's a great story and it's you know and these are cool people who go do that so I think the employers really latch on to that and say yeah. wow the the fact that you took a week off of spring break when you could have gone to Mexico and you went to Alaska, that says something about your character. It says something about your, your community awesome. service. Um, and so we've, you know, students coming out of that program have done great with job placement. And that's that's part of it. For me, that's not the driving force. For me, it's the adventure and, um, and helping people. But it is nice that these students have gone on to do well after the program.
0: Well, you've played a huge role in that, it seems. And I appreciate your time today. It's an exciting topic to, to learn about philosophy, but then to... To just walk away with this story uh, of passion and love for people and, and helping Western continue to spread its brand and wings that, that we do have people who care. Right. And, and a university and its people can make a difference everywhere you go.
1: I appreciate that. And right? thanks for the invitation. It was a privilege to talk to you.
0: Absolutely. If you want to learn more about Fritz and the work going on, either in the philosophy department or with uh, the group who goes out into the freezing conditions to do a lot of good work. Uh, go to mywmu.com slash raise the W and you'll be able to find more information there. If you're out today talking to family and friends or people that you know, make sure that you tell them about Western Michigan University. Maybe you know a family with a student who's a teenager, trying to figure out where to go. Tell them to come to a place where the philosophy teachers do taxes in Alaska. We are the bomb.com and you should come be a part of it. Tell them about WMU and if you do, You'll help us all to raise the W.